All right, what is up, folks? Welcome back to another episode of Lifting, Running, and Living with your favorite coaches, Kelly and JK. We are kicking off episode number eight today. So, as usual, let's pop things off with some updates, whether they be to do with lifting, running, living, all three, one of the three, two of the three, whatever it is. We can we can roll wherever you want to go. So, Kelly... <laughs> You want to kick us off? Let us know uh, what's new with you. I have so many updates oh. since we've last spoken. So if we go in chronological order, my first update is obviously my birthday was after yours. Mm-hmm. I am now 33 and I did my birthday challenge, which was 33 miles over three days, which honestly wasn't too different than what I was going to do before I decided to do a birthday challenge. So... <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Just a big back-to-back weekend, really. Um, And then last week I did my longest run, 23 miles. And it was actually pretty good. Yeah. Any any lingering effects from the the runner's knee kind of peeking its head out in the last – that last event? No. It's been – yeah, it's odd because my volume is higher now, but the runner's knee doesn't hurt and neither does my hamstring, which okay. is, you know, that's usually not how it goes. But I did, I stopped lifting for a bit when my hamstring first started hurting and then I've been doing one a week. And last week I didn't lift at all. So that probably gotcha. helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I I believe that I remember you saying last time around when we were talking about the runner's knee thing as you were trying to kind of think through some different things that could have been contributing factors one of the things that i think i remember you mentioning was introducing a lot of different things Mm -hmm. at once versus potentially like a different aspect of of going about it like slowly layering things on and stuff like that so uh so it sounds like it's a different approach this time around or you're in a different spot this time around. It, could it be that your body has potentially like acclimated more to the volume also? I think so because I remember I think end of July, early August, like my long run was like 14 miles and that felt horrific. And <laughs> <laughs> like starting at like mile 12, that's when I like it felt really hard. But then in the 23 miles, it didn't feel really hard until we got into like past 20. So I think that's just a product of getting used to more volume in the longer runs. My body's adapting, I think, which is great. Yeah, which is exactly (laughs) what you want to be happening, right? Because at this point, we're less than – I say we like I'm in it with you. (laughs) Uh, You are less than four weeks out, right? Yeah, I have like three and a half weeks at this point. Yeah. Okay. Question. When you're not in a specifically in an event driven season, what is considered a short run for you? A short run? Yeah. So say if, yeah, a short run. Like, are we talking about long runs or normal runs? I mean, if you, (laughs) if you were to say to somebody, (laughs) yeah, today I'm just going out for a short run, what would that, what mileage range would that be? for you three to four okay that 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 checks out then 
<laughs> I feel like yeah. that's the, I, I believe that that tends to be the answer that I get from most distance runners and mm. endurance athletes that a, a short run is basically a 5k. Yeah. It's like between 30 and 45 minutes usually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I'm like, oh, okay. Just to run around the block or something <laughs> like that. Running down to the court, <laughs> down to the mailbox and back like that sort of a thing, <laughs> you know? I, yeah. Well, here. so the reason I asked normal run or long run is because I'm at the point now where a short long run is like eight to 10 miles. Like that feels short compared to. Oh, you know, no, no, no. No. Upper I, 20s. No. I mean, just, hey, just you, you tell us about, <laughs> hey, I've got some free time this afternoon. I think I'll just go out for a short run. Like that sort mm. of thing. I got some, I got some time on my hands. I'm going to go for a short run. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Again, clearly we're in two different atmospheres when it comes to running yeah. distance, which I'll get to <laughs> in, my, in my update. I'll talk about I that. know. Um, yeah. What else you got going on? So this weekend is my second anniversary with my husband. Congratulations. Thanks. We've survived two years. <laughs> how, how long have you guys been together total? Uh, we started dating in 2016. So seven years? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> 2016 to 2023 does check out as seven years. Man, <laughs> fantastic. Gotcha. Yeah. Let's dive into this. How did you guys meet? Uh, the climbing gym. So we oh, both that's worked right. at, yeah, we both worked at Denver Bouldering Club. I worked at the front desk and he was a route setter. Uh, he flirted with the front desk girl. <laughs> a lot of them did because we were just stuck oh. there <laughs> and you couldn't go anywhere no honestly it was more so the members who would like corner us up there because we couldn't mm. leave and it was some of them I'd be like I want to punch you in the face right now <laughs> wow <laughs> some somewhere some some guy who's a member there or a former member there is now listening to this and he's like man I thought she really thought I was cool. You're like, nope, I just couldn't clock that, out for my shift yet. That's the problem. I mean, you know me. I I laugh at you. I smile. And people are like, oh, she's flirting. And it's like, no, <laughs> this is just how I am. Yeah, I'm not even, I'm not even taking it. Service. I'm not even taking it to that level where it means you're flirting. It just means you like the per <laughs> like you think the person is entertaining. So now, basically, all of your reactions on this podcast have been a lie. Thank you. No, they're genuine. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. Gotcha. Well, Otherwise, congratulations. Thank that you. that is fair. Congratulations to you guys. Um anything anything in particular planned for your anniversary? Um so seven years, seven mile run together, something like that. Actually, funny you should say that. Because oh, according to Ty, he's coming on a run with me. Okay. But I, I don't tbd we'll see i was gonna say you you sound as the kids say you sound hella sus about whether or not that's actually about to happen gotcha yeah i just don't know what he thinks is going to happen is there a specified distance for this um okay so originally he said up to eight miles and my long my run is longer than that on saturday which is the day of our anniversary um, 
So I don't know. And he's been kind of running, but not too much. He did run with me my shakeout run before my race, but that was three miles in Steamboat. So I'm like, how are you going to make it another five? Well, not, now I have so many questions. When you, <laughs> or do you, and, and he's basically, he's, if he listens, does he listen to the podcast? Um, he listens to some of them. Some He'll of probably them. Okay. listen to this one now that make I'm this chat. Yeah, about let's him. let's name this chapter after him. I'm <laughs> I'm in his corner on this because you said he kind of he has kind of been running. What does that mean? Because to um, me, either you are running or you are not running. <laughs> okay, so let's see. What week is this? I would say the week. I think it was the week before my race. That's when he was like. I'm going to run with you on our anniversary. So I think he went out two or three times that week for like somewhere between two and three miles. Oh, to, then, to train for this? To, to train, yeah. And Listen then, to that. Listen, ladies, that is a dedicated man. <laughs> this man is dedicated. <laughs> yeah. That's that's legit. It is dedication. I'm saying that's got to score points right there. Oh, yeah. Well, and then he ran my shakeout run with me. That was a lot of points. Bam. Yeah. That's and legit. And he, and he went to the 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 store with you to um <laughs> I remember listening to that on your podcast. They were at one store. You're like, hey, maybe we try this other place to see if they have yeah. this certain brand of shoes. He went there. He, he was very angry, but yes, he came with me. <laughs> <laughs> this man is setting the bar a little too high here. And he's training for an anniversary. Can you imagine? He's out there running the streets, grinding, you know, <laughs> after a long day. Because he, And he's a carpenter, right? By yeah, trade? and he still climbs for fun, so. Man, dude's like nailing wood, climbing, <laughs> working out in the hot sun. Let's just pretend that it's hot. It, and I think it, until this week, it has been hot. Has it been? Okay. Here it's been kind of unseasonably cool. Oh, no, it's been like still, especially on um, the houses, he says it's like even hotter. So it's been like 90s still. And yet he's out here still training for the the upcoming event. It has tapered off a bit. I think he only made it out once last week. Can can we just give him the points without you? Um, (laughs) All right. All right. Well, man, I tried. (laughs) I just wanted to say congratulations. I, I was in your corner, just so you know. That's all. He, he is doing a stellar job. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dang, man. Wow. That's a, that that is pretty cool though. I think that's that's kind of cool when you've got somebody who is um is willing to to share in something that's a passion of yours. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Got to enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice. Yeah. It would be nice um to have someone to run trails with too. Cuz trails are scary. Yeah. I, mm, that's, how did, so how would somebody find, how does, are there trail running groups? There's got to be trail running groups. You have them, right? I have one. Yeah. We usually stay, so far we've stayed in the front range, which are more populated, easier trails. The, like the farther you go into the mountains, that's where, that's where I get scared because there's less people and there's more wildlife and sometimes there's the weird people that you really don't want to run into you know yeah especially as a woman um and it's just like more remote and normally i'll be going on a longer run 
that's really when it gets in my head because like if something happens five miles from the trailhead yeah what do i do gotcha well and you've and mm-hmm. and i i think something that has been um helpful from an awareness standpoint is somebody who's not somebody like myself who's not dialed into the the endurance running community or anything like that is just an understanding of different safety tips and things like that so the for all of the i guess um for all the scare tactics maybe that are out there around like apps that track your location and different things like that and where you are there also are some pretty pretty solid use cases mm-hmm. for that as far as being able to locate like hey where where is this person where are they now hmm they were they they usually move at this sort of a pace and it just seems like they've been stuck in that one spot for a while like that sort of thing so i think that's that's something that can be a positive so there yeah. Yeah. Actually, I know you have a Garmin. I have a Garmin. Mm-hmm. There's an option for live track. So every time I start a run, it emails Ty to tell me where I am and he can see he can see me moving on the map. So if something does happen, he'll know where I that's am. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like really that. Cool. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, all um right. well, so our else? specific anniversary plans. They were going to be on this weekend, but it's next Sunday. There is a train in Georgetown that you can get on, and it takes you around. And we're going on the fall colors train. Oh. So we have to wait for the leaves to change a bit. Um, so Ty really likes trains, railroads, mines, and that stuff. And I really like the leaves, so it's like the perfect thing. Yeah. That's two interests in one ride. Yeah. That's pretty legit. Yeah, so that should be fun. But before that, I have a sad update. Okay, I'm mentally preparing myself. <laughs> um, so Saturday during my long run, I found out that my granddad died, so I have to fly back east next week oh, for the funeral. I am sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was. And this, is this your grandfather on whose side of the family? My dad's side. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it, he was 92, so it was like a natural time for it to happen, and we were expecting mm-hmm. it. But he hung on for a long time, surprisingly yeah. to me. Well, I'm sending sending all the supportive vibes your way and your family's yes. way. Is there um, any particular thing maybe you'd like to share about him on the, um, on the pod? I remember. Something so cool I'd... we should know. <laughs> he he worked at NSA. I have no idea what he did, and I wish I'd asked him more. But, but he wasn't I, allowed to tell you. He probably wasn't allowed to tell me. I used to want to work at NSA as a code breaker, actually. Is that so. essentially a hacker, but a legal kind one? Of. I guess you could say it, but it's really just, yeah. Yeah, oh. in its simplest form, I think so. How long did, was that like a, a career for him? Like he worked at the NSA for like a long time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty legit. I think the, one of my best memories was at their house. They lived in Pennsylvania and they had like a wood workshop in their basement and he would always let us build things, Oh, which I thought was really cool. That is pretty I built, cool. I built a juice box holder. <laughs> Wait, at what age, if you can recall, at what age did you build this juice box holder? Oh, I had to be like 10 or something. 
Interesting. Do you still do you still have this? Is it still you know, in existence? I've asked my mom a couple of times, but I keep forgetting. So hmm. I'll get back to you. Actually, when I'm at home next week, I'll check. Because I also painted it to look like SpongeBob. So it was really cool. <laughs> a juice box holder. It's so, I mean, it's so practical. That's what sense. I'm saying. It makes sense. I mean, I guess I, if you had made a beer koozie at the age of like 10 or so, I'd probably be a little bit concerned, but you picked yeah. something that was age appropriate at that time. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that memory. And again, just mm-hmm. sending all the supportive vibes your way, safe travels and whatnot. Thanks. All right. Um, anything else going on in, in your neck of the woods? The two weeks after that, I'm also traveling, but we can talk about uh, that next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's going to be a busy three weeks. <laughs> you're like, I've got a, you're like, actually in 2025, I'm going to Shanghai. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I have, uh, I have infinitely less travel planned <laughs> than you do over the next, oh, you know, I do have one, you know, I've got a short short little trip coming up it's i mean we're we're two hours away from chicago i'm gonna take Mm. ava and one of her friends to chicago to go see macklemore so that's a that's a thing yeah so that's a that's a travel we got a little bit of travel coming up yeah yeah uh let's see here so updates on what's going on uh i i did no preparation for exactly how to structure any (laughs) updates so um first from a training standpoint since we do we do try and sprinkle in some fitness here every now and then uh (laughs) so from a training standpoint uh i believe that it was in the last episode that we talked where somehow we got into the topic of potentially me moving to a four-day lifting split instead of what i had been doing for I mean, years at this point, years I've been on basically a five day lifting split and I did, um, I'm in week two now I did move to four. So I moved to four days of lifting. Um, a, a handful of factors go into that, um, in no specific order of importance. Uh, one from a logistics standpoint, I have gone back into coaching an in-person class inside of a gym. So um, Thursday mornings, by the way, uh, no, I was going to say shameless plug, um, shameless plug for if you are in the Bloomington normal or central Illinois area and you want to get, get in a workout on five, six at five, six or 7am on Thursdays, um, DM me and you can jump into a group class. It's a program called physique wad and it's at uh, power and fitness. That's my commercial. So there you go. All right. So anyways, um, with then adding coaching a class um, consistently on Thursday mornings or coaching three classes on Thursday mornings, normally I do a recharge day on Wednesdays. So my usual recharge days were Wednesday and Saturday. So logistically, I was going to be now teaching a class on Thursday morning. So with the way that my schedule works out, that means that that would need to be a rest day or yeah, I prefer for that to be a rest day as opposed to could I get up at three o'clock in the morning and train and be ready to go and, you know, all good, all good, all that sort of thing. 
I know. I know. However, I've, I've been there. I've done that before. Um, so could I get up at three o'clock in the morning and um, coach and, and train myself and then coach others and be coherent and do my thing at five o'clock? I could. And also, I don't see the need to do that right now, especially because I'm continuing in my fat loss cycle and continuing mm-hmm. to to really try to maintain a, a solid level of recovery and and stress mitigation, I would say, not stress elimination, but would try to be more resilient to it, then would I really be putting myself in a great position? And then I think even one of the things that I mentioned to you is in the grand scheme of things, during this particular phase, me training more is not going to move the needle necessarily mm-hmm. here. So great opportunity to just go ahead and um, take Thursday as the recharge day. So I do lift. So I shifted. I lift on Wednesdays. But with the way that my training is structured, doing like day two and three back to back. So I train on Sunday and Monday already. So mm-hmm. Sunday I lift, Monday I lift. Sunday is one of my favorite lifting days of the week. I like getting into the gym on a Sunday. There's hardly anybody there. Um, I go to a big box gym on that particular day. So I wanted to continue to train Sunday um, and then train Monday. But the way that the workout is structured, doing the day two and day three back to back just doesn't, it doesn't put me in a great position to actually yeah. succeed. This is not a program that I'm currently doing right now where lifting three days in a row is really optimal. And there was just no need no need to push that. So I'm training now on Sunday, Monday, lifting. Wednesday is a cardio day. Pause for shock. So <laughs> Wednesday is a cardio day. Uh, Thursday is a recharge day. Friday is my fourth lifting day. Uh, or, yeah, did I get that right? Sunday lift. It's Tuesday. Monday lift. I'm sorry. Tuesday is a cardio day because today's Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Pause. So we're going to start this over one more time. Sunday (laughs) lift. I know. That's what happens when you don't take notes. Sunday lift. Monday lift. Uh Tuesday cardio, Uh which is a much shorter session than the other days. Uh, Wednesday lift. Mm -hmm. Thursday recharge. Yeah. Friday lift, Saturday recharge. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what my schedule is <laughs> right now. So uh, I'm a couple of weeks into that particular structure with shifting over to that. So far, so good. I mean, it's a, we're a couple of weeks in. What has been really, um, really kind of a cool thing to play around with is figuring out the proper level of exertion on Tuesdays to where it is getting getting the stimulus that i'm looking for from a cardio standpoint and also not putting me in a position to be completely trashed for the primary lifts that i have on wednesday mm-hmm. so um the stuff that i'm doing which it typically will involve about 20 about 20 minutes of like zone 2 type work for the most part and then i'll do uh you know, about 15 to 20 minutes of some sort of a, excuse me, something that's more of like a, a continuous grinder, like AMRAP, that sort of a thing. It's not insanely high intensity. Like I did it Mm -hmm. today and I'll probably post this on my Instagram later. Uh, Like today it was 20 minutes on the bike erg. And then 
I did think like two or three rounds. I'll end up posting it as an AMRAP, but like two or three rounds of um, nine calories ski erg, um, 12 power balls, which is basically like a wall ball, only you don't squat. So you're just pushing the ball up to the target. And then um, like a reverse crunch and then a farmer's carry, farmer's carry and shoulder rack carry. So something that's just continuous movement, but you're not at like ball busting pace at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I did. Was a special day. Yes. And I did because <laughs> I said I would. One of my favorite <laughs> phrases. Because I said I would, I had thrown out this text to Kelly, <laughs> which you completely threw me under the bus to Joy, by the way. Uh, I threw out this text to Kelly. I don't know how the conversation even started. Um about this whole what thing. What were we talking about? I don't know. And I'm, I'm not going to put the energy into going back to scroll to find out. I just remember I said I potentially would oh, look at Oh, I think it was about group run. That was a very emphatic <laughs> oh. Good I Lord. just remembered because I was telling you about my group run experience. It's like how- Emerald Lagasse. Bam. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, oh, yeah. We were talking about mile times from the group run. And you were oh, like, yes. Yeah. I don't think mine would be... Less than 20. <laughs> That's definitely the voice that I texted in. Do you want to tell that story about the, the – the, do you want to give a kind of a general I- idea of the context of where that conversation started though? Because I actually found that to be pretty interesting myself. Yeah, as I far as like the a pacing. Little bit, a little bit on MFA this week. Oh, okay. Um, so you want to just in- give a teaser then? Well, MFA was more about how to use group runs in your own training. And like how to balance your training with social runs. Because mm-hmm. the key, so I guess I went to a group run that I was helping out with to attract slower runners. So I volunteered to pace some slower pace groups. Because um, for anyone unaware, the Boulder area is a very fast area. <laughs> the athletes in Boulder are quite high caliber. So like their easy run is like eight minute pace um nine minute maybe at the back so i was volunteering to run 10 to 11 minute pace in case any slower runners wanted to join but didn't want to get dropped so yeah yeah okay yeah so that's the context of where this conversation basically started (laughs) and i essentially said like man i'm not i'm not even sure that i would keep up with that particular pace of the 10 to 11 minutes you know whatever it would be yeah, to be clear, and, 10 to 11 is not slow at all for anyone out there curious. <laughs> okay, well, th- thanks for the <laughs> thanks for the post post run ego stroke. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> anywho, uh, yeah. So somewhere along the way, I said I potentially, and we have the receipts <laughs> that I said potentially. I potentially would test that out next week, speaking about today. At the time that we're recording this, it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, since I do do have conditioning and cardio stuff on Tuesday, I was like, I'd potentially try and test that out. And then that essentially turned into a, I've committed to doing a one-mile run. So this morning, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this morning when I got up, I knew that I, I was going to get the run taken care of at some point today. I had some pockets of pockets of time where I could build that in like no problem. Um, and I wanted to just get some time outside just to take a walk like that sort of a thing. So I was like, I oh, will just kill two birds with one stone on this one. And then I'll still get my, my other structured cardio in later. So 
I did follow through. I went on my mm-hmm. one mile run. So uh, what was my what was my time? It was 10 30. Okay. So 10 29. Okay. And what sort of feedback do you have for me on my on my run? My my running time. <laughs> oh, don't hold po- back. Should we hold post back. your pace graph? You you certainly can. You certainly can. I don't know if you could turn this into a reel and like put the the thing up there. I have I have To be fair, if there's such a thing a mile, as less than zero shame, I have less than zero. Like I I really I do not care at all about my running pace. It doesn't matter to me. Well, it's not your pace. It's just your lack of consistent pace. Like you started also, out really also fast. Also, don't care and about that either. down a lot, and then you slowly yeah. got faster. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's always interesting to see people's pace charts when they run a mile, because normally people go out too fast, and then they have to slow down in like the second quarter. Yeah. And what did yeah. what did mine do? You know more about oh. my running pace than I did this morning. I have no idea. <laughs> I just exactly I screenshot that. it and I sent it to you. <laughs> so I went out. I went out slow. Well, your initial pace was like eight something. And oh, then that's it dropped. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, and then it dropped. And then you slowly got faster in the second half of the Oh, mile. interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. So that's really interesting because initially when I went out, I was I kept it at I mean, about as leisurely of a jog as I as I could. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could just so be- when I I mean, when I first, not always super accurate. So, yeah, I mean, I it's yeah. it does bring up an a um what could be an interesting point is your perceived pace versus your actual pace. I mean, we could mm-hmm. we could really like make a a whole philosophical thing about that about like your yeah. rate of perceived progress versus or, or your rate of yeah rate rate of perceived progress like your RPP and your rate of perceived pacing versus where are you actually. Because initially, I like I said, I mean, I I walked, um, I walked for about I want to say ten minutes first, mm. like just walked for ten minutes, and yeah. then decided to like start the run at a certain point. So then, just kind of leisurely jogged it for a little bit, because for anyone who might not be aware, which is probably going to be pretty much anyone who's listening to this, <laughs> I have not purposely. I'll leave a, you know a couple of percentage points to be wrong, like I normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not purposely run a mile easily in over a year, easily, because the last time that I that I did that on purpose would have been when my gym, shout out Power and Fitness Bloomington Normal, uh, was doing a like a running challenge. And the program was called Spring into Running. So that, yeah, that that leads me to believe that it was spring of 2022. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) the thing that I really liked is that they had different levels. So there was the, I I can't remember what they were all called. I just know I signed up for the Modest Mile. So it was a program, like a spreadsheet program where it's like, okay, you do these things, you know, X number of times per week or whatever works with your schedule. And your goal Mm -hmm. is to be able to run a mile by the end, like without stopping. So there was the modest mile, there was something about the 5k and then there was something that was like a distance one. And then I Mm -hmm. believe that there was a fourth one that was more of a ruck 
challenge sort of thing. Like for somebody who wasn't Mm going to run at all, it was more of a distance walking thing, like a weighted walk, which I really like that. I've got that program saved. That was a good one. Um, So to my knowledge, that's the last time that I purposely decided to run one mile uh, with intention because I didn't do Murph like the CrossFit wad I did or the Memorial mm-hmm. wad that a lot of CrossFit yeah. boxes do. I haven't done Murph in quite some time. Um, and Murph has two miles, right? Like one mile to start and finish. Yeah. Yeah. If you do the full Murph, there's some half mm-hmm. Murphs where you can do like 800 meters and then you do like half of the the prescribed um, shout out to, by the way, shout out to anybody who does any of those, like regardless of whatever distance or whatever distance or, number of reps that you do like it's a a really really good cause so yeah so i don't know overall i'd say i felt i mean i just felt good about the fact that i actually did it yeah that was a that was about it and then i did go online just to look up um the random things of okay so what what should the average pace be knowing that it it was going to be I told myself, okay, any results that I'm going to get are probably going to be like super adjacent to the whole like body mass index. Like I'm 6'2", how much should I weigh sort of thing, Yeah. which, yeah, put that on the, the list for another episode later because I've been, I've been obese or morbidly obese for a very long time now since I started lifting according to those, <laughs> those charts. Um, I, I should have looked that up. What's what should be the average mile time for someone who's six foot a six foot two biological male who's morbidly obese, <laughs> borderline obese to morbidly obese, and see what that comes up with, and then I I potentially could have crushed that one because it probably would have just said like you shouldn't be running or something. So what did like you it, find then? Uh, it was the eleven to twelve minute range. Okay, that sounds right. For for my age, all I could find was pretty much gender and age chart. That was it. Uh, generally, I would say it was in the 11 to 12 minute range. I think I found a few that were 10 to 11. So I guess we could stretch that to 10 to 12. Um, females, it's like they added another minute to a minute and a half, I guess, on the yeah. um, on the, the female chart. So have you ever done a, a dive into where those numbers come from generally? Yeah. Like the history of those. Okay, all right. Just... That would be a good episode, though. Yeah, that would be a that'd be a legit like, I don't know, here or MFA. That yeah. would be very interesting because I I know that um, while I don't remember a lot of it off the top of my head now, I recall in the past when I've listened to particular episodes about BMI, like the body mass mm-hmm. index, and where that comes from, and different things like that. It just became more and more and more ridiculous that it's even a part of the conversation and that we have yet to come up with a standard that could be considered better. I'm not saying that there's a universal standard that'll ever be like the gold standard or whatnot. Um, I think in some countries they may use like hip to waist ratio, if I remember correctly. That sounds right. Yeah. I can't. It might be in the UK. Maybe that's. Man. If only our producer was here to look this stuff know, up behind the scenes. Joy. I know. <laughs> Sheesh. Maybe she's running her mile. Yeah. Wow. Belated happy birthday to her too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, what were you going to say? Oh, I just Googled average mile pace, 33-year-old female. Mm-hmm. And what's it say? Well, there's a beginner, 
time and there's an advanced time. Did that pop up in your Google searches? No. no. Hmm. So beginner for 30 to 40 year old females apparently is 1047. For beginner? Yeah. Advanced is 653. Okay. Yeah. See, I... This is like that whole analytical mind thing because I, f- I first just start with, okay, what's considered beginner? Like you've been running for a year, um, you know, like that sort of a thing. It's kind of like even the yeah. beginner to um, beginner lifter versus mm-hmm. uh, intermediate versus advanced. And uh, I, I don't think things like that are something that should should discourage people from either getting started or moving to a certain program or whatever it it might be. Uh, I've just come to find that now, even when somebody says like, yeah, I've been in the gym my whole life or I've been, uh, yeah, I've been lifting since I was 18 or 19 or whatever. Um, and then as you get into actual like structured strength training or strength and or hypertrophy focused training, uh, many times the feedback that I'll get is, man, this is this is way different than anything that I've ever done. So I've started to learn to listen or to ask questions. So when somebody says, hey, I've been, I'm not new to strength training. I've been doing strength training for a while, different things like that. I will now, and that I learned this through trial and error, now I ask, well, uh, can you give me a couple of examples? Or if they didn't necessarily have something at the ready, I would like send a, a screenshot of a random program that would be something like let's call it like bench press three by ten single arm row mm-hmm. three by ten that sort of a thing i'm like so does this look like something that's familiar and they're like no not at, not at all and then send a screenshot mm-hmm. of something that was more of a circuit style like mm-hmm. um you know uh 15 air squats 10 dumbbell curl to overhead press 15 sit-ups and they're like oh yeah i've been doing more of that strength training so it's actually been more of like circuit style boot campy like that sort of a thing. And so then we start to, so here's a question I would throw at you. I guess we're done with my updates. We'll just roll right through. So (laughs) a question that I would throw out to you is, um, would you, would you consider somebody beginner, intermediate or advanced if they're coming in with a background that's primarily been like boot camp circuit group exercise type stuff when they're saying that they're going into strength training. Mm. So, and and I'm going to throw out, I'm again going to remind folks that I don't intend this to be a, like, we're trying to take you down a, I'm trying to take you down a peg or something like that. It's just, I'm going to be very, uh, uh, I'm going to try and be as transparent as I can that this was a, a big mistake that I made years ago when someone would come to me and this would be remote where somebody would come to me and it would come through a referral and you know, all sorts of good stuff. Um, but they would come to me and say like, yeah, I've been, I'm not new to strength training. And then as we were working through things, there would just be some things that from my perspective, I would have thought were very foundational as far as Mm -hmm. like, you know, you do three sets of this, then you do three sets of this, like that's that sort of a structure. And then coming to find out that that was like totally different or they would do something and they would be so sore 
like the first couple mm-hmm. of weeks. And, yeah. and I certainly wasn't starting off with like, I need you to be at 90% of your five rep max, anything like that. They would just be so sore. And what we would find out is that it was just a stimulus that they were not mm-hmm. used to. And then it turned out that it was more of a, again, more of like, a, I'll, I'll call them like circuit style workouts is more of yeah. what they were doing. Um, so now that I've tried to throw in a little bit of a buffer to give you time to kind of process that, because I, I was like, I think I just threw a question at her. If you, um, if you think about that, I would how do you gauge that? Err on the side of beginner, I think. Yeah. But that just might be my bias of what I think of when I think of circuit training, because mm-hmm. I think of a lot of body weight movements or like light dumbbells, and I feel like for strength training. Like if you're not used to a dumb, not a dumbbell, a barbell, yeah, I'd say you're a beginner for strength training. That might be a little too cut and dry, but that's where my mind was going. Well, I think with, I can appreciate that answer, and I think you can you can overcomplicate anything you want, like yeah. anything you want. <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, Fair. yeah, yeah, you can over you can overcomplicate the whole beginner versus intermediate versus advanced. Mm -hmm. And I think what potentially I'm just kind of like, I'm actually kind of processing this and thinking about like even changing things from an intake standpoint. It's like you could even try and scope it out wider to when it comes to intentionally training to build or maintain muscle. Would Mm -hmm. you say that you are a beginner at that, an, an intermediate or would you say that you're pretty advanced when it comes to training specifically to build and maintain muscle? Like for the type of work that I do with most people, yeah. since I do focus but, on that. So question about that. Do you mm. think the same people who would not say they're a beginner to strength training would say they're not a beginner in that regard too? Because I feel like some people, when they do circuit training, they think it's the purpose is building muscle. Mm. Versus like, you know, the hypertrophy kind of style training that we think of when we say building muscle, you know? Yeah, I... Or toning, I guess, is yeah, I, the circuit training. Yeah, what I, could, what I could definitely see and have somewhat experienced without having that be a consistent question in intake, if it's something that's come up in conversation and I've just dropped some sort of form of that question during the conversation... What has happened and what I could continue to see happening is someone referring to, well, I mean, I do, I've really focused more on toning with Mm -hmm. my training Um, or um, really what I, what I would foresee is there's more of a conversation around calorie burn that comes up Mm. like, well, you know, I go to this particular class or I, I've really, I've really tried to focus on, you know, workouts that are effective they tone and strengthen your whole body and they help you burn a lot of calories Mm -hmm. like that, that sort of a thing. And we've some, I think we've touched on this before and it comes up pretty routinely is really thinking about like when you're going into the gym, biasing towards building strength, building muscle versus biasing towards I'm here to burn calories Mm -hmm. because you've given, you potentially like if if your main reason for going to the gym and lifting is to burn calories, you're gonna be sorely disappointed 
like sorely disappointed if you were if you were to be able to get access to like a specific scientific breakdown of within one hour of you just being a human outside of the mm-hmm. gym and one hour of you being somewhat a human who's lifting weights like inside of the gym. So basically like that one hour of activity that's lifting weights versus one hour of activity a couple of hours later or something like the, mm-hmm. I think that there's a, sometimes there could be a rude awakening for people with thinking about the difference in that that makes from a caloric burn standpoint, like mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Cause I, I used to get that sometimes where people would be like, you know, this, this workout only hit 350 calories burned on my Apple watch. Is there a way to make it more effective? Yeah. I'm like, ah, well, let's, you know, let's kind of talk through it. Let's, let's have a conversation about that, about how the calorie burn part, is that the main focus while you're here? Like I get it that we, you know, people talk about calories in calories out. So you can't ignore that part of the conversation. You don't help Mm -hmm. people if you're not going to help like explain and understand why. I just think if you're, you're consistently setting someone up to, to focus on burning as many calories as possible while they're in the gym and not putting the primary focus on targeting muscle groups and getting stronger, it's going to be, that's going to be a hard road to go, (laughs) like a really hard road to go. Yeah. Not to mention fitness trackers are not accurate for calorie burn. (laughs) Yeah. Wildly, wildly inaccurate. Big time. Actually. So this kind of I mean, nowadays you can change the settings, but like I think a lot of them, I don't know if the current ones, but anyway, going back to my book about the data bias, a lot of the fitness trackers back in 2019 when she wrote this book, um, they're based on men. This is, is this up to speed? No, this is is the other one. Invisible women. Oh, okay. Okay. It could be the same. Um, but yeah, so then like for a female using a watch, like if the algorithm is based off a quote unquote typical male, mm-hmm. we're usually smaller and we have less muscle mass. So it overestimates calorie burn in general for women. So it's really not useful. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. I don't know. Let's, let's table, let's potentially table the fitness tracker conversation for something in the future. Just thinking about po- like po- positive use cases and potentially negative use cases because i mean i i wear them and i've there was yeah, one point where them. i was wearing two you know like so i have yeah i was wearing like a whoop <laughs> and my garment yeah. at the same time oh my can we talk about the whoop for a second i am so mad that there's no watch face cuz if they put a watch face i would convert to whoop exclusively it's not a watch, though. It's not the intention. No, that's not what it's there for. But well, now I'm never going to use a whoop because I'm not going to have two devices on my wrists. Then you don't care enough. I'm just saying. That's <laughs> that's what that's what the whoop person <laughs> would probably tell you. Like, okay, well, I guess then. I probably. guess you focusing on your recovery is not that important. Yeah, runners weren't really their demographic when they made it. Uh, give me more, give me more on that. I would say, well, I always saw them in the CrossFit space first. Mm -hmm. I would, I would agree with you that that's, 
that's where I was introduced to it at first. Yeah. But why I would you? I, I don't know who their demographic was, but I just assumed they made it for CrossFit style. Uh, why? Well, I'm curious. Now I'm really, I'm actually really curious though. See, this is why I said table it for later. We'll get into the <laughs> um, the main topic here in a bit. Well, so from your perspective though, why do you think that they weren't made for runners or with runners in mind, however you want to phrase it? Because runners want to watch face. Most of us. I would say the min- minority mm. would not want to be able to either like see their distance or pace or heart rate, whatever we want to see on our watch while we're running. Um, like obviously the whoop can, it tracks your run. Yeah. You can see everything after the fact, but yeah, I like to see things in real time. Mostly the distance, especially when I like don't map out a course beforehand. Yeah. I, Hmm. It's just like an inconvenience not to have it there. I see, yeah, I see where you're coming from. And I, it's easy for me to take the um, devil's advocate is like way too easy of a term to use. So it's easy for me to, to slip into the position of the brand. So let let me, let me put it that way. So I'll play the position of the brand. Okay. So what are, yeah, I am, I am whoop, which, you know, (laughs) disclaimer, so we don't get sued or something, (laughs) by the way, like, please sue us. Like, what are you going to take? We're, we're a podcast with no sponsors. Like, go, go ahead. Go, go right after us. You can have us. our eight recordings. <laughs> I know. You shut down your Riverside account. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so uh, what was I going to say? Okay, so I'm Whoop. Actually, we should probably change that. I'm Weep. Let's pretend. <laughs> I am a Weep. All right. You're weep. So the purpose of our device is to specifically focus on getting an understanding of how we can better optimize your recovery. And the best way for us to do that is to have a device that you rarely, if ever, need to take off of your wrist. So a major factor in that is we've got to make sure that we do everything possible to extend that battery life as long as humanly possible. So a watch face, mm. yeah, a watch face further contributes to battery life reduction or battery drain or whatever you know because i think about garmin like i wear the i wear the instinct Mm -hmm. um which one do you wear i have the phoenix 6s solar okay oh excuse me (laughs) i have the phoenix wow (laughs) goodness that's like a dang that's like the lamborghini of well then no, that would, that would probably be the Phoenix 7 or one of the Forerunners, like the 900 mm, series. The 900? The Something? Phoenix. 925? The, just the Phoenix series in general. Like Phoenix is, Phoenix is above. That's the bougie series. Listen, I'm going to Google this. You you feel free. There might be a Forerunner that the price point touches the Phoenix lineup. The Phoenix yeah. lineup as a whole, though, is like, don't talk to me, peasant. I'm just saying. I'm looking up the most expensive Garmin watch. Mm, that's not the argument I'm making, though. <laughs> Folks, we'll get back to the weep argument in just a minute here. I'm just saying, like, there's there's not, like, an inexpensive Phoenix. 
That's fair. I did get mine like, 50% off, so like I'm not balling over here. I'm, to be fair, 50% off was still kind of expensive. Yeah, because what do they start in the 500 range, right? The Phoenix 7X is $1,000. Bruh. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Well, it, and... I think the 6 was 800 and I got it for 4 Yeah, this this reminds me of when I get those emails from companies and they're like, this is a blockbuster of a sale. This item, which I haven't even looked at the price of the item or anything, but sometimes I can tell based on the amount of the discount that I'm not buying Mm -hmm. whatever it is when they're like, this is a once in a lifetime $800 off. Mm, Yeah. And then I'll look at it and it's like (laughs) $3,200. I was like, oh, like how did did I end up on this email list? Because (laughs) no, no, because I'm not the one. Anyways. uh, So anyways, I think... uh, and I may have even read like that whole point that I made. Sorry, my microphone. Um, that whole point that I made about the screen thing. Yeah. I believe that I even may have read that before that. when it comes to Whoop. And in there, I think I might still be in their Facebook group because I had a Whoop for about a year-ish, year to year and a half, somewhere around there. I've forgotten how long. In fact, it's still sitting here on my desk. I had yeah, all intentions. Right yeah, I had all intentions to sell it. <laughs> I stopped using it. Um, it was helpful while I did use it. I so one of the reasons that I asked you about your perspective on it not being geared towards runners is because I very emphatically um, believe that it was not built at all to support people who primarily strength train at all uh, because the I strain call CrossFit strength training. I I didn't. But I didn't say it was made for strength trainers. I said it was made for CrossFitters. Yeah, neither did I. What I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you put a Phoenix on somebody's wrist and then they get an attitude. All right, then. Dang. I've had this she, Phoenix for a while, okay? She's like, listen, JK, with the instinct that cost you maybe $150. Uh, That's still a lot for... Yeah, okay, I, got, uh, I got I got a massive, when I say massive, I mean like massive discount on it. Um, and anyways, uh, yeah, what I'm saying is I agree with you. By the way, CrossFit, well, well-programmed CrossFit does have a strength component. I, I will yes. fight that. I will fight that particular bullet point for the CrossFit community. That. Yeah, well-programmed there's also CrossFit. So much, there's so much cardio. Yeah, constantly. Like if you're just strength movement. training, your strain score never... Not never, but it like it's hard to get your strain score up if you're not doing right. cardio as well. Right, correct. So if you are primarily strength training, strength training and or doing hypertrophy work, then the strain itself um, did not. It, it doesn't seem to promote much of a strain. I know that they have made changes and they are trying to work on that. They've even mm-hmm. added like different components, uh, and I know this uh, or. I believe this based on a perception from the outside of the community now because I don't actively use mine anymore and I canceled my membership. Um, however, I still will like try and look up articles and view things just to get an understanding of kind of what's new and what's happening because I'm not completely like, I'll never use that thing again because I thought that it was kind of cool to have that insight and the way mm-hmm. that they organized it. And I could totally see how somebody like yourself, like when you would get the performance report and it's like this cool PDF, with like color coded, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is my jam. You know, like it's kind of cool to have those yeah. things when it would give you your weekly performance report or whatever. And you could benchmark 
and all these things. It's just yeah. when it, yeah, when you're, when you're going like hard in the gym and you know, like, yo, I, I know for sure that I was about to pop a blood vessel on that back squat today. Like I saw my life flash before my eyes and it's like, yeah, you're 99% recovered. You're good to go. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. I don't know. So yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I think that could be a really, um, that could be a really good one getting into not, not just overarching on, okay, here's what's wrong with fitness trackers. It's like what, you know, responsible usage of fitness trackers, mm -hmm. wearables and the data that they give you. I think that'd be a good one. Okay. How about we get into, um, how about we what get we into the, to the main topic? <laughs> yeah. Well, we knew we were going to shoot the breeze for a while and kind of get into some yeah. other stuff. So we're right uh, on time. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So, uh, let's see here. So a while back I sent you, um, I sent you a post that was in one of the groups that I'm in that I thought was a really, I thought it was a really interesting and thought provoking uh, post. So someone had basically asked a question of the group of, Hey, I, I want to get into doing longer distance things. And specifically in this one, it was about going hiking. So let's say like mm -hmm. on the weekends, I live in an area where you can go for long hikes. I want to be able to hike with my family or, you know, go on. It was like really big thing for hiking. So let's talk like endurance mm -hmm. for those sorts of things. And the question that the person posed, I'm going to paraphrase was how can I essentially train for longer distance things like hiking when I'm very short on time? And, um, I thought that that could really kind of spark a broader question to kind of scope it out a bit more, um, with just generally, and I might just be rephrasing the question. So if somebody wants to get into an endurance type um, of modality like hiking or wants to um, do something that's a longer distance, but they don't have the amount of time that that event would take. And I'm talking like life-based event first here. So the amount of time that they would be hiking. So say they want to be able to go, they're going to go to, they're going to go out West and they're going to go on a five hour hike, but mm -hmm. they do not have five hours at any point in their week to go hiking to prepare for being on their feet for four for five hours mm -hmm. what sorts of suggestions would you have for someone like that because i think that that's a that's a very realistic scenario you know you're taking the family out to the national parks or whatever it might be and it's like we'd love to enjoy that however i'm just concerned that i'm so completely like out of shape that Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't be able to hang. So Kelly, where would you, where would you start or what would you focus on? What advice would you have with this type of scenario? Uh, so this scenario as different as it sounds, isn't super different from ultra training. It's hmm. like if you're training for a hundred mile race, you're not going to run a hundred miles in training. So similar concept. Do you think like, that's common knowledge? I... Outside of the ultra community? Probably not. Especially yeah. with things like chat GPT, if you ask it to make you a 50K plan, <laughs> it has you running 30 miles the week before. <laughs> oh, and you don't suggest that? No, we won't, we won't branch off <laughs> no. into that right now because that is, that is actually a future episode. Um, so I, 
the reason, one of the reasons that I did want to stop and just ask that, that question, and it wasn't pure sarcasm, shock that that wasn't my, my whole point, <laughs> is because I think potentially that could be something that um, the general population puts up as, as a barrier into even considering getting into that type of thing. Because yeah. it's like, if you want to, if you want to be able to hit a certain weight in a meet, like a lifting meet, then you would assume that you need to be able to have potentially lifted or come extremely close to have lifted that amount of weight prior to the competition. People do certainly set PRs in competition for sure. Like that yeah. happens a lot. Uh, so that same thought process could roll into endurance running where it's like, well, or yeah, like ultra running where, okay, so I've got to basically, I don't know, I really have time to run 90 miles, you know, yeah. leading up to... Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, 100 miles is more on the extreme side, but even like if you are not an advanced runner for a marathon, you're not going to run a marathon before your race. Like your longest run is usually 18 to 22 miles. Um, more advanced runners might get closer to the 26. Um, and then even like newer runners running a half marathon you're probably not going to run a half marathon before race day you can get close with like 10 to 12 miles but you know i'm laughing because of the one time that i ran a half marathon i had never run more than a 5k <laughs> it is doable i don't not I advisable, do not suggest but... <laughs> yeah i do not suggest no. doing what i did that was a very bad idea no um, i mean you can find people yeah. anywhere who like they brag about I didn't train for this marathon and then I did it. And it's like, I'm glad you survived. It is doable. <laughs> it's just not advisable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zero out of 10. Do not recommend. <laughs> it was not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so where to start? So I think where to start is where we start with everything. It's like, how much time do you actually have to train? Okay. And what are you currently prioritizing? Well, I guess let's start there. What are your priorities? What are competing priorities? Um, I know in this example that you posted, they were strength training and also wanted to endurance train, which especially when they had a family too, like it gets really complicated really fast. <laughs> um, yeah. Because everything takes time away from the family, which can be hard. Um, I think the biggest thing that matters is giving yourself enough time leading up to whether it's a race or a family trip or whatever in order to train up to it um where i find people i don't want to say go wrong but make mistakes all of this has a negative connotation but it's not super negative because a lot of people do it is like they don't give themselves enough time leading up to it um or kind of like we talked about last time thinking like after an event is complete, I don't need to be continuously training after the fact. Because, um, like, if a person wants to do a big hike and let's say they hike three times a week for 30 minutes, like, that's a really good base to start from versus someone else who doesn't hike at all, you know? Yeah, that's – okay. I don't want to take the conversation in a different direction. I want to I want to stay right there and see if maybe this is still along those lines. So what would be along the lines of where you're starting mm -hmm. and then thinking about 
okay, afterwards, what would be a way to continue to maintain a particular, mm -hmm. like a good enough, let's call it like a good enough level of endurance yeah, capacity and good, good enough level of endurance capacity. Insert whatever you want here because I, I don't know that I'm thinking of the right term. I was going to say a good enough level of fitness, which I think that's more broad. But if yeah. we're specifically like, I want to be able to on X number of weeks of notice, because you can help out with that too, X number of weeks of notice, I'd be able to likely handle an event like this. So where would you where would you say on average, what would be the, I hate saying minimum, I'm just going to say it anyway, because somebody's <laughs> going to ask, because that's yeah. the, really the way that somebody's going to ask, like, what's the, the least amount that I, the least amount of time that I would need to have available if I wanted to be able to handle an endurance type of event? And let's not, we're not talking an ultra here. We're not talking okay. from zero, zero to a hundred. Yeah. Literally zero to a hundred. We're not talking about yeah. that. Um, say, you know, like that scenario, there's going to be a lot of hiking. That seems to be a, a big one that's coming up more and more in some of the conversations that I'm having with folks. So, you know, girls trip and we're going to be hiking this weekend, like that sort of a thing. Some of them run, but I don't really have to deal with that part. I, but I do want to go on the hikes. Um, one, what's the minimum amount of time that you think some, the average person would need to be able to dedicate in a week mm -hmm. and then two what would be the ideal minimum amount of okay. time amount of weeks out or months out that someone would want to begin to really put those deposits into that account we're talking about a five-hour hike still yeah, let's say let's say we're going to be hiking anywhere from four to six hours, four to six okay. hour hike. Um. So for, first part, how many days per week, or how much how much time each week? Yeah, should someone, at bare minimum, try to make sure that the, focus on having available to be able to get ready for something like that? So I would think of it more in terms of times per week versus okay. overall time. So frequency. Yeah, I think frequency matters the most, and that's something people don't think about a lot. Because, um, like, I mean, the more you do something, the better you get at it. Yep. And the more consistently you do it, the better you get at it. So, like, I'd rather someone do, for example, three 30-minute hikes a week versus one hour and a half hike per week. Like, the person who's doing three times a week will see more benefit than the person doing one hike a week. Yeah. Um, for hiking, it's probably less than I'd recommend for running. So, like, I would say three days a week would probably be the minimum. Um, and then weeks out for a four to six hour, I'd probably say at least 12 weeks. Mm, okay. So, yeah. what's that? Uh, three months? Three months. Yeah. Okay. I think okay. – Um. I would also want, if possible, one or two weeks where they had more time to dedicate to a longer effort. So it doesn't have to be every week you have a longer effort, but yeah, like this is what we do for hundred mile training. Like for Lucy, for example, she was—I mean, she was doing big runs every week, but the key, <laughs> yeah. the key big efforts were she did a hundred k race, and then we did a three day block where she did like 
um, mid twenties, the first two days and then high teens, the last day. So it was like high concentration in those three days, but she wasn't doing that every week. Cause that would obviously, she doesn't have the time for that. And that would wear you down. Um, so similar right. concept, like if you can get that bigger stimulus, not the full four to six hours, um, maybe like two to three hours, two different weekends leading up. I think that'd be really helpful. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So you'd say generally then bare bare minimum let's get 3 days 3 days per week in there. Yeah. Okay. That's a good place to start. And I like that you you pointed out the frequency aspect yeah. of things too. And I find that to be very similar in the lifting space too. For sure. Like I would much rather, like if somebody can give me two days that are, they're like, yeah, I can go in two days a week and I can be there for two and a half to three hours. I'm like, well, we really don't need to be there for two and a half to three hours anyway. (laughs) So uh, if you could give me three at about 40 minutes ish, then we got, we got some, something we can definitely build from, like from that Mm -hmm. aspect. So I think that's definitely helpful. And so basically starting with three days a week and um, ideally around 12 weeks to work with. Yeah, I would say that'd be the minimum. Um, yeah. I think for a lot of folks, that's that, especially if you're talking like a vacation type of scenario, mm-hmm. I, I would tend to think that, that that's, pretty, that's pretty average, I would say. Because I would say having something planned like six months out, like if you're – Especially like I'm, I'm coming from the perspective of a parent, mm, um, yeah, and especially a parent of active. Uh, I was gonna say active teenagers. Mace is eleven, so he's not quite a teenager yet. Uh, <laughs> especially if you've got kids that are active in activities, um, whether they be like travel sports or organizations or whatever. Sometimes you don't, you know, they're going to be in that particular season, but you don't know what their schedule is going to be in that season. So you can yeah. either a, just go ahead and you're like, doesn't matter. We're going when we go. And if you miss the games or if you miss practice, like it is what it is. Um, or you kind of basically like the the way that we do it is, hey, we know that, that you know, he's going to be in season at that point. So there's not a whole lot that we can commit to there because you don't know until you usually like a few weeks before the season, you at least get things kind of mapped out. Um and it's rare. I don't know. I'm, now I'm getting into like scheduling for <laughs> stuff like that. So I think I think that's pretty encur- – hopefully that could be pretty encouraging. I don't want to speak for other people. Um, I can think of folks though that I think sometimes think that endurance-type events or endurance-type activities can be so unobtainable because mm-hmm. they just don't think that they have the sort of lifestyle to be able to fit that in starting from A, the – the point that you started off with, with like, just because you're going to hike for six hours doesn't mean that you, every training hike needs to be six hours, or even that yeah. there's one, one out of those three sessions each week is six hours long. Mm-hmm. And then two, um, thinking more about like the frequency aspect. Um, and I'm going to ask you about that, about how you can get creative with your training and getting used to being on your feet when it's not just straight, just you're going on training hikes all the Mm -hmm. time. Um, And then three, just thinking about, okay, how many, 
how far out, like that sort of a thing. Because certainly I could, I could even see an aspect of say somebody is like, say somebody's like super exact. I know you can't relate to this at all. They're super exact and they're like, well, I don't have 12 weeks. I only have 10 weeks and four days until my, <laughs> can you, the sarcasm is dripping on the microphone. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't exactly have 12 weeks. However, I do very consistently have four days a week that I can set aside 30 to 40 minutes in the morning or two days in the morning, two days in the evening that I can mm-hmm. consistently train over the next 10, 10 weeks or so. And also, I do know that there are some pockets here and there where things are going to open up and I could do more if I needed to. I think that can be really helpful. Uh, So what I was going to ask is um, thinking about, so the context on this one is having a former, had a former client who was doing, she was getting ready to do something in Colorado. Is it the stairs? Is there like some massive incline? I don't, I don't want to miss. But is is that like a massive it's staircase or something? A like massive that? staircase, a mile, a mile vertical gain, I believe. Okay, no, something like that. Joy loves doing it. She's done it multiple times. Just for fun, she loves doing it. Yeah, I mean, I've done it twice for fun. <laughs> so Joy and I oh, are goodness. pretty much the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say this. This totally sounds like um, something the both of you would do. Actually, quick tangent: there are people yeah. that live in Colorado Springs because that's mm-hmm. where Manitou Incline is. There is like a cluster of people who like they all try to beat each other for a number of times. They do it in a year, and I think the record is over a thousand. So more a than once thousand. a day, times per year, going up the incline. Is it one mile distance up? I can't remember. Okay. I think it is. I think it's a, yeah. And then it's like 2,200 feet of gain or something like that in a mile. And it's called the Manitou Incline? Yeah. M-A-N-I-T-O-U. Yeah. Climbs over 2,000 vertical feet in yeah. less than a mile. Mm-hmm. It used Has to be a sections as steep as 68% grade. Okay. So, okay. It's just a staircase, really. This is, okay, I'm assuming that this is what um, – oh, the length is approximately 0.88 miles. It's 1.4 kilometers. It's even worse. Goodness, yeah. So um, this was a co-client, so somebody who primarily was working with a nutrition coach and then I was helping with um, – they were doing one of the group programs that I have and then we were trying to help out with some additional stuff because they just wanted to be prepared for this, this climb or whatever mm-hmm. was going on. And so – that's where the context of this question is coming from, or just if you have anything that you wanted to add, um, we were thinking of ways to get her better prepared to Mm -hmm. handle that. I'm going to call that a hike for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Some people do run it. Yeah. That that's, they can enjoy that. All right. Um, (laughs) it even says like on Wikipedia difficulty extreme. Um, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things that we were, that I was trying to focus on was getting, getting her in a position where she could be better acclimated to not necessarily the distance, but the, the difficulty of the climb itself. So, um, we tried to get creative because she didn't have 
bigger windows of time to train. She was training, I think on average, I think she was in there three day, like three days a week inside of the gym. And then it would try to walk on lunch breaks, you know, like corporate mm-hmm. job, that sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, very, very solid, like consistent. It was just one of those things where it's like finding more time wasn't really a thing. And it wasn't, it also wasn't so, so like big of an event that we, that she was going to like upend her life in order to make this thing happen. Mm -hmm. So a handful of things that I did was like, just really try to put in, for example, um, instead of like walking lunges, we would do like a lot of step ups, um, and like off balance type work. And um, very, like a lot of stuff, we switched a decent amount of like seated upper body work to be standing upper body work. So mm-hmm. basically it was like looking for, without going completely overboard, uh, looking for opportunities to put that person on their feet as much as possible. And even like yeah. loaded carries and just some different things like that in order to kind of build up that ability to be on their feet and then especially be able to handle load on their feet for a prolonged period of time, um, stuff like that. So, um, what are your thoughts? I mean, any feedback or thoughts that you would have on implementing different things like that also in, as a way to take advantage of the time that you do have available when you're trying to get ready for something like a hike or whatnot? Yeah, I think in that situation and for most hikes, like that kind of strength work is really important. And I think you can supplement it with either like for that particular kind of hike, like the Stairmaster could be great for cardio or just like any hike for uphill treadmill work. Um, Because it's basically, you know, doing a hike in the gym, which is much more accessible to a lot of people. And it works on your uphill climbing which tends to be the hardest part for a lot of people, and it works on your cardio. Um, I think the only thing I would add is, like, if you're doing, let's say, three days of cardio a week, maybe not making them all uphill treadmill or stairmaster days because that's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, one of the days doing like just like easy, kind of like you were saying at your updates, easy, easy to work, um, and that could be whatever cardio you enjoy. Like, hop on the bike hop on a erg or go for a run, whatever. It doesn't have to be that specific. Just like working on the aerobic system at that point. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Um, I think there was something I was asking, I was kind of mentioning to you earlier and I wanted to get back to it just to make sure I didn't miss that. And that might, that might even potentially start to kind of wrap this subject. Oh, maintaining a certain level oh, yeah, of endurance capacity if you have a better term, I'm definitely open to it. Um, <laughs> I think that yeah. encapsulates what we're trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I could be just normal and call it, you know, cardiovascular health. Yeah. That that could be a thing. Uh, it, you're, but I want to be fancy. So, you know, pretend like I have a Garmin Phoenix. Um, endurance capacity. <laughs> what would you, what would you suggest for general population is, is a, I don't know if the word is test or something like, I don't know. You got the average person who's like, Hey, mm-hmm. I just want to see what should I generally be able to do if that would mean I have a decent level of fitness. So I'm. this is not like the end all be all. It's just <laughs> one of those like, 
So for instance, in in the world of strength, perhaps it could be something like you can bench press your body weight, you can, you know, back squat mm-hmm. Uh, 1.5 times your body weight, you can deadlift twice your body weight. Like those would be like your markers, right? Mm -hmm. And then from, but, and when you scope out from a standpoint of like overall fitness and you are thinking about your endurance capacity, it's like, would it be, you could generally, you know, for the most part, you could complete a 5k or is that like overboard for the average person? Like it, so somebody is asking Mm -hmm. you, Hey, what's a, what would you suggest would keep me in this would be a sign that I'm generally in a pretty good spot where I wouldn't have to completely like be a, a wild and crazy person to be ready to, you know, do something within about a 12 week period or eight week, let's say eight, eight weeks. I could be ready for up to like a five or six hour hike or potentially a half marathon sort of thing. Um, so eight weeks out from a five hour hike or a half marathon. So let's see, for a half marathon, I'd probably want someone to be able to run at least seven to eight miles in their long run if they want to run a half marathon in eight weeks. Um, You can maybe get away with six miles, but just so we can ramp up and take down time. Um, For a five-hour hike, probably something similar. So it's kind of like roughly around half the distance or time. So if you can okay. hike for like two and a half hours, I mean, honestly, if you can hike for two and a half hours, you can probably go for five. I yeah, think. that's <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's such a, that's such a big jump. It's like, yeah. it's like if you could do two and a half, you can probably do five. You well, can probably so do double that. I have no, there's no science behind what I'm about to say, but. Okay. Um, Disclaimer taken. Yeah. Got it. When I was training for one of either my first, yeah, it had to be my first half marathon my um my boss at the fitness center in college she was like if you can run half the distance you can run the full distance and i really took that to heart and you know it hasn't failed me um hmm. so like even for my last 50k my longest run was 15 miles mm-hmm. and obviously i completed a 50k um especially as you go up higher in time or distance like like we were saying before you're not going to be even getting to like 75% of what you're going to be doing. Like I just told you my longest run for my 50 mile is 23 miles. Right. That's not halfway. TBD if I complete my race, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I've got, I've got faith. I've got faith. Um, Yeah. But I think one thing we haven't talked about yet that you and I texted a bit about the post is like, a lot of what affects your ability to do what you want to do on the day you want to do it is how you think about it. Um, so like if your expectations don't match your ability, then you're going to have a harder time. Um, so like in our example, it's easier to have your expectations match what's going to happen because we're going by time-based. Mm-hmm. But like the post example and something I see and feel myself a lot is like oh I'm going out for 10 miles for example I expect it to take this amount of time and then you know I'm five miles in and it's already taking 80 percent of the time I thought it was going to take and then it's like yeah this mental spiral that happens because you're like I thought this wouldn't take as long and it's just like your mindset is blown at that point so I think a really powerful tool that has nothing to do with your physical ability is 
how can you like reframe a tough situation or positive self-talk, the mental skills to get you through a long endurance event. Mm. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. The question, a question that immediately comes to mind for me in that scenario is where did that expectation come from? So when, when, when someone will say, you know, I would have expected that, you know, so let me, let me use an example of say I went out for this run today. All right. And, and listen, people, I get it. It was one mile. I understand <laughs> because the, the, the klutz followers are like one mile, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> listen, I when I say I do not run, runner, I do not run. Any runner knows how hard a mile is. I mean, we've all had to start. I'm not. Sometimes uh, oh. a mile is really hard. Okay. For me, it's just extremely undesirable. <laughs> Yeah, too. that's that's hard. really yeah. Which to your point, it's the mental thing more than anything. Yeah, it's it's one of those like. The, now I will say, I will take one mile outside over one mile on a treadmill. I will definitely say that. Like the road to treadmill nowhere. miles are scientifically longer than outdoor miles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the microwave minute versus the plank minute, like that sort of oh, thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. they're definitely different times. I'm convinced. Yeah. Different zones. So, um, you know, if I were to head out on that run this morning, as I've previously stated, I haven't, that I recall, I haven't intentionally run one mile in over a year at this point. So we are now, what, 12, so, six, so let's call it like 15 months at least. So 15 mm -hmm. months of not specifically focusing on running more than, I think there's a handful of occasions. And when I say handful, I mean one handful of occasions that I may have done like a 400 at yeah. some point. Um, so not specifically running that particular distance at any point in time, uh, not specifically training to run that particular distance, not training, not specifically training movement patterns that are specifically done to advance my running. Now, does that mean that none of the movements that I do translate or correlate with strengthening for running? No, not at all, especially not the, since I love doing lower body movements. And there's a, a handful of other coaches. I was on a call a while back and they were like, dude, I feel like every time I see one of your posts, you're doing another single leg movement. Like what is your deal? <laughs> so I do, I do not shy away from unilateral leg work. I do mm -hmm. banded work, like all that stuff. So I try to mobilize my hips. You, sometimes you can't tell because my, they're so tight, but it happens. <laughs> yeah. Like my hamstrings sometimes. Um, so all that being said though, if I go into it and say that um, you know, you would, you would, based on no information that I gave you, other than the fact that you knew how old I was, you're like, yeah, I think mm -hmm. you'll probably do it in around 10 minutes. Okay. Mm -hmm. My guess was what? 12 to 13, I think. Yep. Somewhere around there. Okay. So yeah. let's say that I, I finished at like 15 minutes or something like that. I don't know. And I was mm -hmm. upset about that. So I'm upset about that. And I'm like, man, I really... You would think that as much as I train, you know, I train pretty regularly. I 
try to take care of myself. You know, I didn't stay up all too late last night. I did stay up a little bit later, but not too late, you know, like that sort of a thing. I would have thought that I would have done better. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. based on what? Like based based on what that actually has to do with that particular thing. And to your point, from a mindset standpoint, what is that thought process really setting you up for going mm-hmm. forward? So I, I, I agree and, um, and co-sign that sometimes when, when you get, when you observe or you, that feedback or the post or somebody gives you that feedback of like, man, I just, I really felt like doing this thing that I have specifically not trained for, have not role played the scenario, have not put really any specific effort towards, I'm just really surprised that this thing that I have just not focused on for the past year and I decided to go for it like go whole hog into it, like not just run one mile. I decided I was going to just register for a 5k. I'm so pissed that I, you know, I wasn't anywhere close to my time back when I was, you know, running, you know, two to three times a week, like that sort of a thing. It's like, okay, well, what is that based on? Well, I figured I just should have been able to, like, I, I I will hear that sometimes. Well, I just figured I should be Mm -hmm. able to, because I work out or, you know, I, quote unquote, eat right, whatever that means, like all these different things. I'm like, I I hear you. And also, you didn't train for that specific thing at that specific level would be Mm -hmm. the piece too. So at that specific level. So I think that's, that kind of brings things kind of full circle to if you are if you're particularly like inclined to pardon the pun, but we were talking about the incline. If you're particularly inclined to want to every now and then do like with, with no notice, you want to register for a Spartan race. I used to do that stuff on like not on the regular, but about three or <laughs> yeah. four times, three or four times a year I'd register just for something yeah, just to do something weird. Um, if you're inclined to do things like that, number one, I, I encourage that. I think that there are certain personality types who if they don't schedule in something like kind of crazy to do, they will end up making some sort of a bad decision in another way. So basically, if they mm-hmm. don't schedule in the risk, then they'll do something risky from a lifestyle standpoint that is not a great idea at all. Yeah. This is like a a thing like the people that are like adrenaline junkies or big risk takers like they you know, they like like the wild and crazy thing. If I've, when I have clients like that, I will sometimes say like, Hmm, this is going to sound really weird. Things have been pretty chill for a while. I feel like you need (laughs) to do something kind of, kind of like crazy. And like, well, no, like everything seems, you know, like it's been like steady Eddie. I'm like, yeah, but you're not a, mm -mm, you're not a steady Eddie type of person. Overall, like history has has shown us. Mm -hmm. So how about we schedule in the crazy before I get a message of, oh, hey, by the way, I decided to do this particular thing just on a whim. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and now I'm hurt. It's like, okay. So I think what can help with that is structuring your training around being always being, you know, somewhere within a eight to 12 week range of if you were going to do something, you could do that particular thing. I think that Mm -hmm. that's a, for, for most folks, I feel like that's generally a pretty good way 
good way to be. And I've got to imagine that for a lot of folks who do events, that's kind of how they handle like, like their, their quote unquote slow season or their off season is they're not, they're, they're usually not completely ever just completely off, like not doing anything. They're just basically doing enough to maintain a certain level, even in the, in the world of aesthetics, unless you're like specifically in like a, I'm in an off season where I'm taking a year off from stage sort of a thing. You Mm -hmm. typically are within like, I could be ready to, you know, go into prep, go into like a 18 week prep. But I think that what is not commonly understood and i'm going specifically for the world of aesthetics so like bodybuilding bikini like that stuff i think what's not not really understood is how hard those people still train in their their quote unquote off season like they're still yeah. really focused on building muscle and things like that they just have a bit more flexibility and it's not so hardcore with like okay i have to you know get it get this much cardio in on the stairmaster i have to do this many sessions i have to limit you know these many meals out like that sort of a thing they they're always kind of like they always have the the gas tank like half full they never let it get all the way down to empty i think is a a big big portion to kind of keep in mind yeah i would say that's similar for the runners who know they want to train hard for a race in the future like you rarely if you have that kind of goal you rarely let your fitness I guess we'll say go to zero because then you're just going to rebuild and like it's a lot harder to reach time goals (laughs) if you're starting from zero every time um but yeah for the person who's just like I want to be able to jump into these things whenever I want to every now and then they don't have to keep as high of a level of maintenance, I would say. Yeah. And, and that's the key word there. Maintenance. Yeah. The maintenance piece. We, we talk about that quite a bit in the nutrition world, like quite a bit because there's, there's so much focus on fat loss. And then, you know, sometimes there's a focus on muscle gain and just Mm -hmm. because you're, you know, you're not paying attention to, you know, what you're eating or whatnot doesn't mean that you're automatically in a muscle gain phase, by the way. So (laughs) that's that, that the whole, like, I'm pretty sure I've probably done that before too, where I've just been like, yeah, it's bulking seasons. Like, bro, there's a difference between like, you're intentionally trying to build new muscle or trying to build muscle Mm -hmm. versus like, you're just, you're just being a jerk. Like you're just, you're just not really focused right now. That that's probably got more to do with it. So I think that maintenance period, uh, a friend of mine had just posted about this and I had brought the, the same point up a while back. Like that maintenance period is really tough a lot of times because there is that flexibility and going back to really what the majority of our episode, our last episode was when there's not a specific event like on the calendar Mm -hmm. or a specific carrot dangling in front of you then you're you're essentially in maintenance at that point whether it's yeah. from a nutrition standpoint or from a fitness standpoint which really they kind of, they go hand in hand to be quite honest with you because one fuels the other mm-hmm. so um just really thinking about different things that that you can do in order to maintain a certain level of fitness and again if if you haven't listened to last episode 
I would definitely recommend going back and listening to that portion of the conversation because I think that's directly related to a question um, or the topic that we've we've pretty much discussed here where it's like, okay, you know, like what's something that I can do? What things can I do when I'm, you know, quote unquote short on time or mm-hmm. I don't have, you know, 10 hours a week to commit to I'm going to be doing an uh, an event that may be a four to six hour event sort of thing. What can you do? Well, that's a, a big part is like, what's the base? And this was the part I know that you were kind of like, well, I have questions. I'm like, of course you have questions. It's like, well, what has your maintenance been? And the more yeah. that you have maintained a certain base level, and that's really the key, like bring up your base. And I talk to people about this all the time. Like let's, we're working on trying to slowly build up your floor. So mm-hmm. the more and more that you build up your floor, it's I'm not going to say there aren't sacrifices and trade-offs and things are going to suck when you really need to like double down. It's just, it tends to not be as excruciatingly painful and frustrating when you've spent more time with your hands on the, like with at least one hand on the wheel than when you've just been like, la di da let's see where the car goes and see what happens you know <laughs> i'm telling you man because sometimes folks will hit like this freak out like uh i want to do this thing but it's x number of weeks away or i want to get ready for this thing like yo sister where were you six weeks ago <laughs> or six months ago like we could have you know so if you've got specific goals that are for spring of next year Guess when's yeah. a great time to start laying the foundation for that? Yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Yeah. And that's partially why I dislike the, what's the minimum amount of time I need to train for this? Because it's like the more time you can give yourself, the better you're going to set yourself up for success. Yeah. I believe that when when that question is being asked in that sort of a setting, more often than not, the person is trying to really figure out they're they're basically trying to make it like a a time based thing like a okay, what's the least amount of work that I can do? That's what mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like what's the least amount of work that I can do and could we be could could I be wrong? Could you be wrong, and that's not really the intention of the question? Sure, it's just if somebody starts off with that mm-hmm. Um, versus a question that's phrased more along the lines of here are the, here's what I have available. Is it realistic that I can be ready for an event when here's what I have, which is a different feel. It's just a totally different vibe with a, what's the least amount that I could do and still be ready for this particular thing. And maybe it's more of like semantics about how something is phrased. I think that also how something is phrased can be pretty telling about the starting point, at least, at least about the starting point. Yeah. I I would say one indicates more of a desire to do the thing than the other. Yeah. I, I would generally, I would generally agree with you and I will, I will give. maybe a higher commitment to do the thing. Yeah. I, I would still agree with that generally. (laughs) Yeah. I would still generally agree with that. And also, um, I'm still going to leave leave a good amount of space for some people just have not had the experience to understand a better way of presenting the question in the beginning. Kind of back to yeah. when we've talked about in the past, like 
some sometimes just not knowing how to work with a coach or mm-hmm. how to work in a group program. There's there's different nuances and different things like that. So um I do tend I, I do tend to agree with you though. I think we have the same bias. I'm gonna call it a bias. It is a bias. I think we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be a explicit bias, right? Because it's known and it's out there versus yeah. implicit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My DEI friends are like punching the air right now. <laughs> no, it's not that way. Yeah, I, did. I tried. So, yeah. Um, I think you were going to ask a question about getting creative. Uh, oh, I well, I asked that in a weird way. Because okay. that's when I was asking about like the step ups or okay. doing loaded carries, stuff like that. So yeah, I okay. I wove wove it into that, <laughs> waved, woven. It. I put it in that part. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I put it in that part. All right. Um I think that's that's pretty much gonna gonna start wrapping us up here, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I think if anyone has a specific situation they want us to talk about. We can definitely do that because obviously this conversation was a little vague. <laughs> we tried yeah. to be a little specific, but yeah, if someone's like, I'm training for or I want to do this thing, how long would I need? What should I do? Kind of thing. Send it in. Yeah. Yeah. And um, where should they send those in, Kelly? Um, you can DM us at lifting running living pod or email us at lifting running living pod at gmail.com. <laughs> There we go. And then uh, before we do close out, anything in particular coming up on MFA, which you kind of teased it earlier, but maybe somebody fast forwarded and they're only listening to the end because they just like to listen <laughs> to the end part. So you want to remind us anything you've got? Anyone did that. Hey, um, you, you never know. You never know. So when this comes out, this week's episode is about long runs and expectations, group runs, and then shame around easy run pace. Next week, I have no idea what that episode will be. And then I'm, I'm supposed to have Elisa back on to talk about who is an athlete. But we might have to reschedule that because now I have to fly back east. So TBD. Yeah. Yeah. Was she the, she the dietitian? Yeah. Okay. See, I pay attention, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> pay attention. Can about- you name the last get- – no, I'm just – I'm joking. I'm not about to put you on the spot. Um, harder what's to going kill. on in my – AJ, you're right. Yeah, Congratulations. I didn't know her name, but I listened to it. It was your 100th episode. You're right. Thank you. Thank you for doing I that. Actually, I appreciate that. You're welcome. I started listening to podcasts on 1.25 speed, and it really allows me to consume a lot more podcast content. Mm, I have <laughs> I have tried that before. I cannot, cannot. It only works for certain podcasts. I'm sure now, you know what? You may have helped me find a new marketing angle because I do speak slowly. Yeah, you speak slow enough that it's not too fast if you speed it up. Yeah, I'm taking that as a compliment. So made for <laughs> one point, would, do you feel like 1.5 is too fast? Yeah. and then, For me? For mine though? I, yeah, I, I'll okay. have to try it on one of your solo podcasts. It's hard okay. to guess because they also have to be a slow speaker. Okay, that's fair. I'm so like I actually listened to when I was editing the podcast with Lucy. I listened to that on one and a half speed. 
Yeah. Just to get through it. And it just it just sounds like two chipmunks, you know? I was, I was going to say <laughs> Alvin and Simon and Theodore yeah. chiming in in the background. Especially with all the laughing. And then it's just, it just oh, cracks me up. Oh, I can only up. imagine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a client that I used to have that she would listen to, I would send her stuff and then she would listen to it. Excuse me. She would listen to it. Um, or she, she would, I would send her the podcast and then she'd respond mm-hmm. and be like, oh, that was an awesome, that was awesome. And for a minute, like at first I was like, is she just, is she just lying to me? Because I would send her like a copy of um, the, the diary of a CEO is one of my, primarily one of my favorite podcasts. I say primarily because sometimes um, the host, his name is Steven. Stephen Bartlett, and he has like amazing, I mean, amazing guests on this podcast, and he's such a great question asker. It's just mm-hmm. sometimes he has guests on there that are like the the people that pull up, like pull Fruit Loops off of the shelf and start yelling about how the colors are like making oh. like testicles yeah. smaller or something, like just random stuff. Yeah. So, um, and though. Uh, he's still a fantastic podcaster. It's just that I would send her one of those episodes, and those episodes are kind of like ours. They're long, they're like an hour mm-hmm. and a half. Um, sometimes I'd send like the Jocko podcast, Jocko Willink, and his he's got episodes that are four and a half hours long. But it would be oh something God. that for sure was an hour long. And then 45 minutes later, she'd be like, that was a great episode. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh, okay. So she's just trying to make me feel better about sending her or whatever. And she was like, oh, no, I listened to them all on 2.0. 2.0? Like, yeah. But that's that's also, that's how she, she's like a mile a minute with everything. Like she is like before, yeah, yeah like she just gets stuff done. Like that was, that was always the thing. So anyways, I tried, when she told me that, I was like, oh, I, I guess I, didn't even ever pay attention to that. So I've tried and I just, maybe for me, it's just a mental block of knowing that I'm speeding this thing up, that it, I listen for how different the person's voice sounds (laughs) and it just, yeah. So it just gets to me. And also for me, a big, uh, attraction to podcasts, certain podcasts is that I can enjoy the person's voice. Mm. Somebody could have fantastic information and if their voice is just excruciating to listen to for me then i i gotta like do you have an email list i can sign up for and i can maybe oh, yeah. read it there, or something there are a couple like that podcasts i can't listen to because of the yeah voice. I, yeah it's <laughs> you know and if there's somebody out there who feels like that about help me understand and there, or maybe even this one because they're just like man jk <laughs> such a slow talker i i hear you it is all right but the slow talking that is different than a voice that you don't like listening to. Like you can speed you up with yeah. 1.25 speed or 1.5 or 2.0. On this podcast, can you speed up my voice but keep yours the same? Oh, I'm can sure there's that? a way. Yeah, I personally can. don't know it. Hmm. That's interesting. Slow but... talker. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Anyways, uh, so I'm coming up on Help Me Understand. I do yeah. finally, finally have it scheduled this week. Uh, so it'll come out next week to talk to my friend Kelly, who is uh, 
really spearheading an initiative to support dads who've been through miscarriages. So we'll have that conversation mm-hmm. on Friday, Lord willing, like that's when we've got it scheduled. And then that would come out next week. So it would come out. Yeah. The week after this one, whatever that is. So be on the lookout for that one. And then um, I think I'll likely end up doing a Friday four this week. There's no, I don't think I'll do a, like a solo topic or something. I'll probably just jump in with a Friday four. There's a handful of things. I'm really interested in what's going on in, um, there's this, was it in Maryland? Howard County? Is that it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Howard County, Maryland. They uh, they contracted this bus service and it ended up mm-hmm. leaving like a bunch of kids stranded and all that stuff. And so I've, uh, and it's not, it's not, um, it's not like an isolated thing. There's school districts around the country where they realize mm-hmm. that the, that the bus situation you've is an issue. And when I say the mm-hmm. bus situation, like how ironic is it that just today I was texting you like, cause we had to push back the recording cause my son was going to get home late on the bus cause yeah. the bus was late getting there. Um, bus issue umbrella underneath those things is buses arriving late or dropping kids off, and or dropping kids off late. Um, so the school district or the bus will blame the bus company, um, mm-hmm. saying that they're not hired up. The bus company will blame the school district saying that they keep changing the plans or where they're supposed to pick people up. And so there was like this third party company that the Howard County school district like contracted for a number of routes. And it's like the Uber of bus, bus routes. So it's a thing where as a parent, you can track the bus and see where it's at and all this stuff, right? Sounds amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently it was very successful in the Oakland school district, like in California Mm -hmm. to the point where they had the whole school district. So you're like, well, if they can handle California. Yeah. I don't want to give it all away what I actually need, need to do more <laughs> research. I only read like one article on it, but I was fascinated by it. So that's going to be, um, that's going to be one of the topics on the Friday for the other three. Who knows? We'll come up with something. Yeah. I mean, there are still three more days before Friday for things to happen. Yeah. One of them will probably just be to listen to Kelly's podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Shameless plug. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, no. We have the yeah. we were on Joy and Claire's podcast this week. Oh yeah. You wanna plug that real quick? Yeah, it was Joy's birthday episode. We gave life advice. Which I still <laughs> That's don't, that don't feels <laughs> I feel like that's kind of overselling what we did there. <laughs> yeah. I'm still not why, uh, sure why I was asked to give life advice, but I attended. <laughs> we we uh we 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 chimed in and we were mm-hmm. well uh, let me say, I, I won't speak for you. I was, I was, um, I was happy and humbled to be there. It's nice to be yeah. a part of that crew. They are great people. We wish Joy a happy, happy birthday. It's already, it's over. However, I don't, I got a feeling that she wouldn't mind if we just continue to recognize her birthday for the entire month. She can't take the whole month because it's also my month. Oh, I, I didn't realize that this was like a thing. Well, I want to continue to wish both of you a happy birthday. But yeah, so that episode, let's see, this one will be out on Friday. Theirs would have come out the day before this. So yeah, so I can link it. Yeah, I was going to say, is that talk to the ops manager and see if they can Oh yeah. pop that in there. Easy, Director easy. of operations and logistics, the dole, <laughs> Director of operations and logistics. So yeah, if you can as long as I there. don't forget, it's easy. Okay. I'll put a space. 
But yeah, you should listen to that if you're listening to this. Yeah, definitely check that out. All right. Uh, that should wrap us up for this week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As always, if you've lasted this long, I hope it was a great run for you because <laughs> uh, it was definitely a long one uh, yeah. or a great drive or a great walk if you're my people. So uh, with that being said, thank <laughs> or you. A hike. I, yeah. Or, we or talked a hike. about hiking this whole episode. <laughs> I know. We're, we are expanding. We're expanding. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with that, if you have stuck around this long, we definitely appreciate it. And uh, we will catch you the week after next. So we'll catch you on episode yes. nine. Take care. Yes. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.